plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in, be- well, in life? You're definitely in the right place. Food. It's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. First of all, happy International Women's Day. If you're a woman, then happy International Women's Day and enjoy it and demand some flowers and presents from people around you. And if you're a guy, then congratulate women, be nicer, warmer, softer, and maybe give some flowers to women, some flowers, some chocolates, and some smiles, and just be a guy, be a man, and make women feel better. So today we are talking about genetic testing again, and we are talking about food intolerances, food allergies, food sensitivities, actual diseases related to our metabolism, our digestion, our gut. Uh, We're going to be talking about differences between all these conditions, how you might figure out what exactly you have and how to deal with that, and how genetic testing can help you to figure out the best way to deal with that. Or maybe you shouldn't be doing genetic testing in the first place, and you should just figure out what foods work for you and what foods do not work for you, and um, then respond Um, respond accordingly and choose the foods that actually work for your body. You know, if some food doesn't work for you, if you try it and it doesn't work for you all the time, then maybe, even if you love it, maybe you shouldn't be trying it, you know, because feeling good, having a lot of energy, uh, having this feeling of wellness inside, having overflowing energy that is much, much more important than just having some food that tastes in a certain way. You can always find substitutions. You know, the good thing, the amazing thing about the uh, state of our food industry now is you can find substitute to almost anything. And it's your health. You should spend some time to figure out the best nutrition that works for you because that's going to determine your health, your wellness, your earning ability, your 
energy, your moods, uh, and so many other things, your mental and physical performance, your strengths, how you look, how you put on or lose fat, and uh, your fitness and your strengths, and so many other things. Nutrition is super important, and we all have, have our unique differences, uh, some of them genetic, uh, some of them because of our family and health history, um, because of our environment, because of what we do, uh, or uh, other factors. But uh, a lot of those things, you know, except genes for now, we can control and we can make better and we can make smarter food choices. So let's just start learning more about our food sensitivities, food intolerances, uh, food allergies, and so on. So we all had this experience when something just didn't agree with us, right? Like we ate it and then we just felt kind of off. Sometimes we felt a lot off. Like if you had swelling or, you know, some redness or um, maybe some dizziness or um your heart rate went up all of a sudden, or maybe you had hard times breathing, or you just felt really low on energy for maybe a few hours or a few days after a particular food. So that means that, you know, that food doesn't work for you. Maybe it was a combination of foods, or but if it's something that repeats all the time, you got to figure out what is that thing. Uh, you know, it might be one tiny ingredient in that dish that you love eating, and you just got to uh, take that out and you'll be fine. Um, but let's, um, let's talk about differences between allergies, sensitivities, intolerances, and actual diseases. Uh, but before that, I want you to understand also that most of different food allergies, sensitivities, intolerances, and celiac diseases, they do usually have some uh, genetic um, foundation, but they also usually polygenic, meaning that a lot of genes are involved. It's not one single gene that doesn't like, I don't know, celery, broccoli, or bananas. Uh, it's usually uh, a whole bunch of genes working together. And then also your environment, your other lifestyle choices, your health history, and uh, other factors influence that too. So it all interacts together and creates this condition that we can call um, food allergy, sensitivity, intolerance, or some disease. Um, so your body, when you have um, allergy or sensitivity or intolerance, your immune system is involved. And uh, whenever you consume something or something uh, got into your body, maybe, you know, maybe that was bacteria or virus, your immune system reacts to that by creating antibodies or, and the substance that causes your immune system to create those antibodies or basically proteins that are on a mission, literally, to fight that shit, that invader that your body doesn't like for some reason, that is called antigen. So if you ate, I don't know, bananas and some chemical in bananas uh, causes some um, 
inflammatory reactions and it causes your immune system to create some antibody, then you have a problem. And there are different kinds of uh, antibodies uh, created by your immune systems. And uh, depending on the antibodies created, we call it either allergy or sensitivity. And intolerance is a little bit different. So if we take allergies and sensitivities, food allergies and food sensitivities, that they're uh, kind of in the same camp, uh, it just your immune system reacts to something that comes into contact with your body or something that you consume from, from your food. Whereas something like intolerance, it's more of a, it's, it's inability of your body to deal with that particular food, whether you don't produce enough uh, digestive enzymes or you do not um, have capacity in your gut um, microbiome to digest certain food and deal with certain uh, chemical in food or other substances. So that is the main kind of idea that I want you to take away from today for sure is allergies and sensitivities. That's your immune system reacts to something that comes into contact with your body. And today we are talking about food, so it's usually something you consume. Whereas intolerance uh, is inability of your body to deal with that particular uh, food or whatever it is you ingested. And, you know, disease, it's uh, diseases like, for example, celiac disease or Crohn's diseases, they, they usually have uh, quite a few factors interacting with each other. So it might be an ability of your gut to deal with it, uh, then your immune uh, system might react to that, and then uh, it might be triggered something uh, in your environment. So it's like, a more systematic problem than when than something that we can call intolerance or uh, allergy or food sensitivity. So uh, let's talk about food allergy. Food allergy is something that causes a histamine response, or basically uh, it makes your immune system to produce immunoglobulin. Globulin, all this like this terms, uh, basically, uh, it causes your immune system to produce this antibody that is called uh, immunoglobulin E. And usually, allergy compared to food sensitivity is more acute. Uh, you might have hives or swelling or trouble breathing, sudden drop in blood pressure. So it's like really acute. And usually, allergies is something that might, might get you killed. Like if someone has, for example, really strong peanut allergy, they can literally die. And there was a case, uh, I don't know, a few years ago when one restaurant um, claimed that they didn't have peanuts in their sauce and somebody with an allergy ate that and they died. And uh, the restaurant, of course, was closed and the owner was sued. I forgot what was his, um, you know, what he had to like endure because of his lies and um, not careful um because of his lies here and just not being honest. Um, but yeah, it's um, allergy can be really uh, dangerous. You can die from it. And usually you know that you have some allergies because again, uh, it's not um, some soft reaction. It's really strong reaction of your body to something that you usually consume. Um, whereas food sensitivity, uh, when you have food sensitivity, your immune system produces different 
antibody uh, or uh, immunoglobulin G. So for food allergies, it was uh, immunoglobulin E. For food sensitivity, it was immunoglobulin G. Um, so food allergies are usually uh, much uh, slower to show up. They're softer uh, and uh, they basically create more inflammation in your body and you might uh, uh, feel like you retain more water or maybe uh, you have some pains or discomforts uh, uh, and uh, those discomforts uh, might might also be transmitted to systems like it can uh, affect your tissues like your pancreas thyroid respiratory system kidney lymph nodes salivary glands but basically, again, what you want to understand is allergy and sensitivity. Your immune system produces different antibodies. Uh, and allergy is something that is acute and very strong. And sensitivity is something when you when your inflammation levels go up, but you don't necessarily feel, can to put your finger on like what's wrong and what's going on, what's in your body um, because of some uh, food or some substance that you consumed. Food intolerance. Food intolerance, again, as we talked before, uh, it's some it's inability of your body to deal with certain food or certain substance. Like, for example, you might have heard um, a term like lactose intolerant or gluten intolerant. Uh, for example, when you are lactose intolerant, your body is not able to produce lactase or the enzyme that helps your body to digest uh, lactose milk sugar in dairy. Uh, but when you are lactose intolerant, you might be okay with uh, fermented dairy, unsweetened fermented dairy. Well, not unsweetened, it's not necessarily. But um, yeah, fermented dairy because the bacteria, when the dairy is fermented, eats the sugars, break down the sugars, and basically does the digestion for you. Maybe not entirely, but it does it to a huge degree. That's why a lot of people who are lactose intolerant can tolerate uh, dairy um, for example. And um, guys, when it comes to dairy and being lactose intolerant, uh, actually it was more common genetically and especially for early humans to be lactose intolerant uh, because as mammals, we evolved drinking milk when we were born, right, to um, mature, to grow before we could switch to solid foods. But uh, naturally, we would lose the ability to break down lactose or milk sugar uh, as we grow. But uh, there is such a thing as lactose persistence, or basically keeping the ability to digest milk sugars that evolved uh, in many populations that tend to um, have the history of uh, dairy production, and usually uh, that would happen in Europe, in uh, mostly Northern Europe, and some other herding cultures of Africa and Latin America. Uh, and usually uh, it would happen because there was not so much food, other food sources available. So people continued uh, consuming dairy. And after a few generations, uh, many, many generations, actually, uh, lactose persistence became permanent trait. So uh, a lot of people genetically um, have this ability to uh, 
digest lactose. But this is one of those traits that is uh, complicated and systematic. And if you have the genes to have the ability to digest lactose or milk sugar, you do not necessarily have the best ability to actually consume dairy uh, without any problems. Uh, and of course, here I'm talking about good quality dairy. If you are, you know, drinking dairy from um, cows that uh, were raised in some weird way that were domesticated, that were fed hormones, antibiotics, your body can react negatively to that. But if we're talking about um, good quality dairy, what you want to understand is your gut microbiome is involved too. And if you stop consuming dairy when you were a kid and you wanted to uh, start consuming dairy again as an adult, you might not be able to do that right away because your gut bacteria changes uh, according to your eating habits and they can change pretty rapidly. So if, if for a few years you don't eat um, any dairy products, then you might actually lose the bacteria that helps you to digest dairy. And so when you first reintroduce it, you might have problems for a while. And sometimes you can restore that gut bacteria. Sometimes you can't. It uh, depends on each individual uh, case. But also, guys, um, interesting fact, um, most people actually according to statistics, probably somewhere around 65% of people on earth um, genetically are not designed to digest and absorb dairy normally. So 65%, quite a big number. But then um, some of of those people, they can still uh, eat dairy, good quality dairy, if their gut microbiome took over the functions of digesting that dairy and if they were consuming good quality dairy for like their entire life. So their gut microbiome actually can uh, evolve to accommodate that. Um, but if you, but again, people who do not have genes for that might have much more troubles, especially if they uh, did not consume milk as kids, as teenagers. Uh, but uh, wanted to start consuming dairy as in Dallas, like for example, some Asians, because in a lot of Asian cultures, they do not consume dairy products. Uh, They have not consumed dairy products till um, recently. So basically, guys, first of all, if you love dairy um, and uh, you have problems every time you eat it, you can check your genes and uh, they will tell you if you have genetic predisposition to digest uh, dairy or you don't have that. Uh, but, you know, it's not really worth your time because no matter what, you can you can still adapt to that, especially to fermented dairy of good uh, quality. If you have flexible micro gut microbiome, but again, you just got to try and see and most probably if you're an adult and and if you're having problems with dairy, then the only dairy that you can safely consume without any problems is fermented dairy, like yogurts, kefirs, some cheeses, uh, depends on how they were produced and if they're if real bacteria were used uh, in, in the fermentation process. But I wouldn't really recommend genetic testing for that um, because it's not going to help you to do anything about it. Yeah. 
let's talk about gluten intolerances, gluten sensitivities, and uh, celiac disease. So, what is gluten? Gluten is a protein found in wheat, barley, and rye, and it consists uh, of several proteins. Uh, and uh, this protein, gluten, gives wheat its elasticity and viscosity, and makes uh, and gives baked good goods that and bread and pasta that texture that we that we love so much. You may have heard of gluten intolerance or gluten allergy and gluten sensitivity. Uh, and celiac disease uh, is a little bit different than all of this. Celiac disease is an autoimmune condition triggered by gluten. Because it's autoimmune, uh, it means that your body's immune system attacks its own healthy tissues. And, and then symptoms can be spread through your whole body uh, and it can affect a lot of hormonal systems and basically it's uh, not a, a good news if you have celiac disease. If you have celiac disease, then that is 55% of which, by the way, is actually genetic, uh, then eating any kind of gluten is not a great idea for you and the best way to deal with it is to avoid all uh, foods with gluten, anything with gluten. Um, but then Again, if you have gluten allergy, gluten sensitivity, uh, it's not as acute and it's not as catastrophic because your body does not um, does not attack your own healthy tissues, but you just have those inflammatory responses uh, to gluten. Uh, and some scientists, some researchers say that we have a more gluten sensitivity, gluten uh, allergies, gluten intolerances cases, because gluten has changed a lot of uh, things in our environment has changed. Uh, um, the amount of gluten in wheat that we produce now is much different, and it's much higher. Uh, also, um, our exposure to antibiotics to hormones in our food supply uh, might also be the reason why so many people get uh, gluten sensitive, allergic, or um, getting celiac disease. Uh, a lot of factors come into uh, play. And uh, again, usually if you're if you have something uh, as serious as celiac disease, you probably know by know by now that you shouldn't be eating gluten. Uh, when it comes to gluten sensitivities and gluten allergies, um, a lot of times uh, you would your allergy, your sensitivity might either become less or go away if you stop eating all the gluten for a while, and if you start managing your stress, if you take care of your gut health, if you have a really good diet and lifestyle for a while, and uh, when you come back to good quality gluten products, you know, made of uh, natural weed uh, without any um, factory addit additives, uh, highly processed substances, uh, if you heal your gut, then in, in some time you might be okay with eating... Um, good quality gluten-containing products, um, but it might take some time and you might still be sensitive and uh, or allergic to gluten. If you, if you have celiac disease, then probably it's not going to go away. Uh, and uh, the problem with celiac disease, for example, is it's not that easy also to check 
your uh, to check if you have it. Like your immune system got to be really triggered and have a lot of uh, inflammatory uh, markers specific for celiac disease before you can be uh, diagnosed with that. And genetic testing here, it can help you uh, to figure out if you have the um, predisposition to have those uh, celiac disease genes. And again, 55% of it. scientists say it might be genetic, but it doesn't guarantee that you're actually going to have this disease. And uh, it doesn't guarantee that you have this disease now. Maybe you have, maybe you just have poor gut health and that's why your gut responds or reacts to gluten, to especially bad quality gluten products or poor quality gluten products negatively. Again, it might be just your gut issue, not necessarily any gluten intolerance or gluten sensitivity. Um, And here again, yeah, you might um, do the genetic testing for gluten sensitivity and it will give you uh, your the probability that you might have for celiac disease or uh, being or having any kinds of problems with gluten. But again, most of it, uh, it's interaction of different genes and environment and your lifestyle and your health history and your diet history. Uh, and, uh, and the best way still is to work with a nutrition coach or other health professional to help you to figure out what triggers inflammation response or um, immune response, what kinds of food or substances cause that, and then build your diet and lifestyle around it, uh, excluding it for a while, and then healing your gut to the best of your ability, and then in several months, months reintroducing certain foods that you might want to add into your diet. And that's the best way to deal with that. Uh, and um, also, you know, guys, if you have any uh, intolerances, for example, if you have gluten intolerance or if you have um, lactose intolerance, that a few ways to deal with that is obviously to avoid the foods that cause problems. Uh, but then also there are, you know, for example, for lactose intolerance, you might go for a lactose-free milk or lactose-free dairy products, or you might take actually the digestive enzymes that help your body to digest uh, lactose. This With gluten, not so much. You just got to, you know, take it out of your diet and uh, heal your gut and see what happens next. Another interesting thing I wanted to talk to you about today that I've researched also, it's uh, hereditary fructose intolerance. So it's basically genetic condition in which people can break down fructose properly. And fructose, guess what? Well, first of all, high corn fructose syrup, it can be found in a lot, a lot of processed foods these days, a lot, a lot of sweet things, and not only sweet, you know, they seem to add high fructose corn syrup to almost anything these days, uh, especially in US, uh, not not so much in other countries. Uh, but when you can't properly digest fructose, then also any products with fructose as a sweetener is not a good idea for you. Uh, and also eating fruits, obviously, is not a great idea for you. Uh, it basically means that your body doesn't produce um, certain uh, enzymes to to digest and absorb fructose properly uh, and convert 
sugar into energy and that can cause hyperglycemia or low blood sugar and that can cause you fainting or um, uh, cause, can cause seizures or comas and even death sometimes. And fructose molecules can become toxic to the cells and cause liver and kidney damage. People who usually have hereditary fructose intolerance avoid sweets and fruits instinctively, and you just know you just don't feel good after eating fruits, right? Um, and it is recessive disorder, which means that um, to have hereditary fructose intolerance uh, disorder, you might you need certain two copies of certain genes. So actually, when it comes to hereditary fructose intolerance syndrome, that's the thing that you can check with genetic testings like 23andMe. But again, if you eat fruit and you feel totally fine, like take, you know, take this test. In the morning, after you drink your water and everything, before you eat any food, eat some fruit, some high fructose fruit, like Eat a banana, you know, ripe banana, and then wait for for an hour to be safe. And if you don't have any negative symptoms, if you're feeling okay, uh, if you haven't been eating any food that could make interact with, you know, bananas um, or fructose, um, if you feel totally fine, totally okay, then you shouldn't be testing for hereditary fructose intolerance system. But if your, I don't know, hands like start shaking, you feel low on energy, like fainting one um, all of a sudden, then definitely you might want to check with genetic testing like 23andMe if you have, if you have the genes um, that will create fructose intolerance. And um, again, if you have any kind of problems with any kind of food, be that fruit or milk or dairy products or um, gluten, then work with a professional, work with a nutritionist, work with a nutrition coach, work with someone uh, to figure out how to build your menu, how to build your food choices around that. And guys, there is, there is a lot of food available. So some food doesn't work you, if some food doesn't love you back, no matter how much you love it, then, you know, you are something better. Just try different foods, substitute it, experiment with different substitutions, different recipes, find your way around, because again, your physical and mental performance, your energy, your overflowing energy, being your best self, showing up for life your best self, it's worth it. It's worth more than any food ever would. So to recap this episode, guys, you want to understand what allergies, sensitivities are, what intolerances are, and specific diseases are. So um, allergies and sensitivities has something to do with your immune system reacting to certain food substance or any substance that you consume and it triggers immune response and it triggers inflammatory response. Allergy is more acute and strong and you can even die of it. Sensitivity is something um, something that shows up slowly, might uh, last longer, but also not as acute. It just kind of like you're going to feel off, you know, low on energy usually, uh, maybe 
dizzy, maybe, you know, just negative and cranky all of a sudden. Um, and then intolerance is inability of your body to digest or absorb certain food. And it can be uh, hereditary. Uh, you can uh, have it because of your genes, but also it's interaction between different lifestyle choices, your environment, and some food intolerances. You know, you have it because of your poor lifestyle and eating choices before. And so when you heal your gut and exclude that food, after a while, you can actually put that food back into uh, onto your menu. But if you do nothing, it's going to stay with you forever and only get worse. So gut health is important, guys, and work on it. That's why, you know, I'm such a huge fan of fasting and all kinds of protocols that help you to restore your gut health. It's, you know, it's a dynamic system and you can restore your gut health just like your um, general health. So keep working at it and keep getting healthier, stronger, younger, leaner, happier, and just better. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Have an awesome Friday. Happy Women International Women's Day. And tomorrow we will speak again about, we will have this conclusion episode about genetic testing, what you should and can do today, and what is a waste of time for now, or maybe entertainment if you have nothing um, else planned for your money. <laughs> so anyway, have an amazing day. And as usual, eat better daily.